Hi everyone. So I started off recording this episode. This is my third time recording this episode. I got like five minutes into it and then I was like, this isn't fun. Then I had a bowl of Lucky Charms and now I'm feeling fun. So we're going to start over. I am actually really excited for this episode. Um, There's just a lot of stuff I want to talk about. So let's just get into it. The first one is imposter syndrome. I have been dealing with this my whole life, but especially now since moving to New York for some reason it's just like maximized and if you're if you're like what is imposter syndrome basically it's just the feeling that you are not worthy of the space that you're in I mean like who knows if that's the actual definition but that's how I view it anyway and this is applicable to all aspects of my life for one theater auditions like I go into the room and I'm like I see these other people and I'm like, well, they're way better than you. I have no fucking idea if they can even, you know, hold a tune. But in my head, I'm like, they're all better than you and you should not be here. You are not good enough to be here. And it's literal bullshit. It's just like a little part of my brain that wants to ruin me and sabotage me. And I let it most of the time. I let it. So that is something that I'm working on because because obviously I need to work on that or else I'm going to be miserable for my entire life. It also comes out in social media settings. Like I'll be going to events and I'll walk in and I'm like, you are not cool enough or famous enough to be here. Like all these other people are so much cooler than you and better than you. And their outfits are better and they look better. Just like all this shit. And I'm like, can my brain just please shut the fuck up for two seconds? Like I would love it. I would love it if I could walk into a room and just be, just exist and just perceive everything as it's happening to me and have no negative thoughts about it. That would be great. So I'm trying to get better at that. It's crazy how powerful the mind is. You know, they always say the mind's a powerful thing, but my mind really makes or breaks me. Like I'm just always analyzing shit and thinking so much, which, you know, I've talked about before. And it's just like, just, just exist and stop apologizing. Stop apologizing for who you are. You know how I'm always saying something and I'm like, oh, well, I know I already said this or I mentioned, I've mentioned this on the pod before. It's just because I don't want people to be like, she's repeating herself again. I'm almost positive that none of you guys will actually care if I reference a sentence that I've said on a previous podcast episode. But that kind of, this kind of like segues into my next thing. And it's like, I am apologizing for so much of my life. Like, I don't ever want to bother people or annoy people or anything like that. And when I was talking on the last podcast with Sienna and I was saying how like my old videos I was so happy and like didn't care if I was embarrassing or or people didn't like it whatever. I just like was who I was and it was I was I didn't apologize for it. I just I look at it now and yeah, it's some of those videos are cringe and I don't like them, but in another sense it's like it's almost it was it's admirable how little of a fuck I cared. I just did me and it worked out and now I'm like so scared to do anything for fear of like I don't know annoying people or pissing people like this is now talking specifically about like social media and stuff but um I don't know it's weird I want to go back to that joy and just like not worrying and I think part of it and this is um, this I think is a good thing I have finally like in the last week or so I've released any of my like romantic things that were happening in my life and I am now content like truly 
content with being alone and like I don't have any expectations of finding love in the near future. I know this is a little bit, it's kind of strange, but I think that like when I am first talking to a guy or I have a crush on a guy or something like that, I get so worried that he's going to look at my like social media footprint and be thrown off by it or turned off by it or whatever. I've always been scared to like post too much on my Instagram story or like post too much about myself specifically on my Instagram story, even though it's my fucking Instagram story. In terms of myself, like not like pictures of myself because I know boys like that and I'm constantly seeking male validation, which is something else I'm about to get into. But just like I'm scared to post about my life because I'm like, nobody cares about this. But I'm like, actually, Al, I think that a lot of people would follow you more more people would follow you, it, follow you if you posted about your life. But it's like, oh, but these little boys that I have crushes on, like they're not gonna like it. They're gonna be embarrassed. So now that I have this is absolutely zero motherfucking crushes on anybody, I'm not trying to impress anybody. I have essentially burnt all my romantic bridges, which sounds horrible, but I'm, it's good. I think it's a good thing. I'm hoping that I'm gonna start to give less of a fuck what these people think about me. Because like when I was first starting out on TikTok and I was just posting whatever I wanted and I was truly being myself and I was truly happy, like that is when the most meaningful romantic relationships formed for me anyway. I guess what I'm getting at is the more that I aim to be myself and not worry about these voice or people thinking I'm cringe or whatever, the more likely it is that I'm going to form a real significant relationship. And not just romantically, but just even like with friends. It's like, I have to be myself because that's how real shit works. Like that's how real connections are formed. So I can't be worrying about, let's say his name is Todd. I've had a crush on this guy named Todd. His name isn't Todd, but I'm not going to say his name. I've had a crush on this guy named Todd and I get worried that when he views my stories, he's gonna be, he's not gonna like them. But it's like, I need to be posting whatever the hell I want, whenever I want, and if he doesn't like it, then he's not the one for me. My whole life, I think I've sought male validation. I've always wanted guys to like me. That's not to say I I don't anymore. Well, I actually, I guess I don't right now. Like, I really don't care. It's pretty comforting. Like, I really could not give less of a heck if somebody likes me right now if men, if a boy liked me. It's been fun. Having little crushes is fun. Flirting with boys is fun, but I'm just pretty over it. And I'm viewing that as a good thing. I'm viewing my acceptance of the fact that I'm not going to have a romantic relationship for a long time. I'm viewing it as a good thing because I think that I can finally get back to like being me. And you might be listening to this and being like, wow, she just went on a thousand tangents. It doesn't make any sense. Here's me apologizing for myself again. I always feel like I'm apologizing for myself. I need to just chill out. I need to start meditating and like just calm my brain. And you know, they say when these, when negative thoughts like this happen, going back into the social media talk, when I go to these events or I post a TikTok video and I'm like, you're not good enough. Nobody's going to like this, whatever. They say you're supposed to let that thought like acknowledge it and then let it go but that's i'm i've acknowledged it oh boy do i acknowledge them i just have a really hard time letting them go so that's something that i will be working on um hopefully but it's hard it's hard to break old patterns doesn't matter if they're good or bad it's just hard to break patterns in general imposter syndrome sucks you know part of me's like well better that than being an egotistical dickhead who like 
thinks that they deserve the world. But at the same time, part of me is like, well, find a nice balance because feeling like a worthless piece of shit isn't so great either. And it varies. The other thing is that like, it really depends. Like on one hand, I absolutely think that I deserve to be on Broadway and that I'm talented and that I work hard and that I will get there and I should get there. But then I walk into these rooms in real time and I'm like, oh, fuck, do you even know how to do a time step? Yes, I knew how to do a time step when I was four years old. Like, it takes over. It takes over and it it destroys me. It's weird because I do have moments of like, I deserve to be famous and I will be famous. And then, and then I guess it's just, it's most of the time, that's not it. That's not it at all. So what am I, like a, an insecure narcissist? I don't know. Maybe that's exactly what I am. No, I don't think so. I think I'm just a Leo. At the end of the day, though, now I'm going back to the, like, scared to post and worrying about what people think of my stories and, you know, whatever. At the end of the day, somebody is always going to dislike what you're doing. They might see you on the street and hate your outfit. They might follow you on Instagram and dislike your last selfie you posted. Like, somebody's always going to dislike it. So, I guess, just who cares? You just have to do you because then your people will come and they will connect with you and just like, you're not going to please everybody. That is something that I have to accept and am accepting. Not everybody is going to like what I'm doing. They're not going to like my voice. They're not going to like my TikToks or my taste in music. So I just have to be like, who cares? Fuck you guys. I'm going to do me. I kind of just combined imposter syndrome and like negative thoughts into one thing, but it goes hand in hand, I think. So I am trying to let negative thoughts just exist and then go away. I'm not, I'm trying not to dwell on them and I'm trying to believe in myself because nobody's going to believe in you if you don't believe in you, you know, maybe your mom, my mom, I think believes in me. The next thing I want to talk about is the three loves theory. Now, this is something that I'd wanted to talk about for a while. I like wrote it down in my notes. And now that I personally feel so far removed from like a relationship love, it'll, it's weird to talk about it, but I still want to do it because I don't see myself getting into a relationship type of love anytime soon. So good as time as any to talk about it now. So I've read about this years ago, like years and years ago, and I'm pretty knowledgeable about it at this point, just because I've put some thought into it. So I'm just going to kind of read from my brain and um, read from my brain, talk from my brain. Is that even better? I'm not sure. But I also found this article from Poosh actually that I really liked. So I'll probably reference that. There's a theory that throughout our lifetime, we fall in love three times at three different stages of our life lives. Each love feels very different from the other, and each one teaches us something different about ourselves. So we, of course, learn from each love and we learn different things from them. The three types essentially are the first love, the intense love, and the unconditional love. So let's get into it. And I'm also just going to relate this back to my situation because it's pretty crazy to me how on the nose each one is. Um, so yeah. So the first love, this is the love that feels like a fairy tale. It's all consuming. People call it sometimes puppy love. In my circumstance, I don't think that it was puppy love. I think it was deeper than that. It was, you know, it lasted for four years. So it's just a little bit more serious than I think most people's first loves. But like this Poosh article says, it's not usually the deep raw love that you'll experience later on. What we learn from this love is that falling in love is the most incredible feeling in the world, but that not all relationships last forever, and they certainly aren't always like they appear to be in the movies. 
I think I just think the first love is sweet and it's funny I think that I think that the spot that everybody's first love has in their heart is just something that can never be filled by anybody else and I think it's just like universally accepted that that hap that exists that that's a thing because you know you go on to date other people who have probably also had first loves and it's just like you both know that you're never gonna fulfill that you're never gonna take that spot from them for me I feel like because my relationship was so long and real that I I just think that mine is a little bit even more so. You know, I adore that. I adored that relationship and that person. So yeah, the first love is really sweet. But for most people, it's, it's not as deep as the other ones. So the second love, the intense love, let me just read this, what Pooch says. So it's usually the one that turns our world upside down. As we fall into this intense love story, the relationship becomes a mirror into our soul. We see all our insecurities, our needs, and our desires staring back at us. In this relationship, we may experience jealousy, fear, and self-doubt like we've never felt before. The relationship comes with massive highs and dramatic lows. Wow, does that not sound like my fucking second situation or what? Like literally it's verbatim when I say what I've said when I've discussed that relationship on this podcast. That's crazy to me. It says, we often try to mold the other half into our perfect partner. Hmm. This is the love that feels like a roller coaster and the one that can leave us feeling guarded, distrusting, and hurt. I remember reading somewhere that like, this is a love that you often experience some type of abuse in. It says the heartbreak from the, this relationship can be indescribably painful, but it's also through this heartbreak that we really grow, change, and evolve while finding the inner strength and, resi- and resilience we didn't know we had. Ha! This says what we learn, what we do want from love, and what we don't literally exactly what I said on the episode with Sienna. How crazy. I was also thinking about this. I read about these loves when I was like 16 years old in my first relationship. And I wonder now, I'm like sitting here reading this and I'm wondering if I somehow subconsciously manifested these relationships for myself because they're so insanely spot on. Like everything that is written about these loves, these loves, especially the second two, which would make sense because I was already in my first relationship when I read about the three loves, especially the second two, is exactly what I have experienced. And it's such such a mind fuck. Like what if somehow 16 year old Alex like really pictured these two loves, these next two loves happening to her and then the universe was like, yeah, okay, here you go. And if that's the case, that would easily be the best example of manifestation in my life to date. Like I've, I've never experienced something so spot on like that before. It is really just crazy to me to to read this. So yeah, the first love, let's just do a little recap. The first love is sweet and makes you just excited about being in love. And the second one is draining and passionate and everything you want it to be and also everything you hate everything you don't want it to be. So now the third one, uh, I love reading this one and it just makes me a little bit nostalgic, but the third one, the unconditional love, this is what Poosh says. It says, after we've recovered from the heartbreak of the intense love and we've begun to heal and cultivate self-love, then comes the unexpected love, the one that comes from nowhere and feels just completely and utterly right. There are no games and when you are with them, you simply feel like you are home. You embrace all that they are, 
all their imperfections and all their nuances. You feel more yourself with them than you ever have before and you constantly inspire each other to be the best versions of yourselves. I just know exactly how this feels and like I'm just I'm getting chills thinking about it. This is the unconditional love that marks the beginning of forever and you thank the universe every day from bring for bringing them into your world. Just for me it's it's so accurate says what we learn true love does exist and that it is possible to feel completely safe protected and adored by another human which is exactly how i felt so yeah this is the best love this is i'm just like i feel like i should be like crying reading this but i just i'm just smiling from ear to ear because i just okay now i'm getting emotional but i just know how good it is like it really is so beautiful the thing here, the thing that makes me worried is that I have already experienced these three loves. And so what the fuck am I supposed to do now for the rest of my life? You know what I'm saying? Like if I've experienced the three loves, if this theory is correct and I've experienced the three loves, what is what is next for me? And it's also scary because I've been saying for a while now how I don't think I'm going to be in love anytime soon. Like I don't feel that in my future. And is that the case? Because I'm all loved out. I've gotten my three experiences and now I'm done because holy shit, I should have done everything I could to hold on to them or something. I don't know. But then it's like maybe this, maybe relationship type love isn't, isn't everything. Well, it's not. That's, that's true, but it's scary. Like I have been so blessed in my life up until now to have experienced these three wonderful, sometimes very difficult and exhausting, but wonderful loves and now I'm like, well, what is left? Unless, you know, maybe the last love wasn't an unconditional love and I'm actually going to find it and be like, wow, no, I, I thought that was unconditional love, but no, this is unconditional love. I think that's what I have to tell my brain or else it's not going to happen because apparently the universe really listens to me when I am thinking about my love, my love life. So this is not the case. I'm going to find another love and it's going to be the actual unconditional love even though like i read this and i'm like this is exactly correct so i hope that you guys are listening to this and you haven't found number three yet i hope that you haven't because otherwise you're gonna be like little me here and be like well what the fuck am i supposed to do now just like not be in love anymore no that's being in love is great so i'm not sure i am not sure what we're supposed to do so yeah the first love is the easy love, the simple love. The second one is the hard love. And the third love, well, this article I'm looking at says the love that lasts, but it didn't last for me, so I'm not sure. Yeah, this one says, this is a love that comes so easy it doesn't seem possible. We are simply accepted for who we are already. The love that feels right. This is the love, ooh, this is kind of comforting. This is the love that keeps knocking on our door regardless of how long it takes us to answer. Wow, this says maybe we don't all experience these loves in these in this lifetime, but perhaps that's just because we aren't ready to. Maybe the reality is we need to truly learn what love isn't before we can grasp what it is. It's funny, I think that some people might listen to this and like really be shooketh to the core of how accurate it is for them like like it is for me. And then other people might listen to this and be like, I've been with my high school sweetheart for 10 years and I can't imagine anything else. And I think that love is just really like what we make it. I think that it's all different. It's different for everybody. And this theory might not hit the same way it does for me. 
as it does you. I find it so profound and insanely accurate that I just wanted to talk about it on here. That's not going to be the case for everybody because everybody is living different lives, experiencing love differently. And there's something great about that, but it's so, it's so interesting to me. The third one is just so beautiful. Like the unexpected love, the one that's easy and ah, I just, it's so nice. It's so comforting. I also read somewhere once a long time ago, probably when I was like 16 years old, that the third love is not somebody that is your typical type. They don't look like your typical type and they don't act like your typical type. And uh, that is also like insanely accurate for me. Before my third relationship, I was like strictly brown hair, brown eyes, tan skin. Like, <laughs> um, I don't know, just... And then it completely shifted. So that's why, like, when people ask me what my type is now, at least physically, I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's still a sucker for brown eyes, but yeah, I don't know. It's changed. It's all changed. And don't even get me started on, like, personality. I literally can't because of that third love. So weird. So, so weird for me. It's weird for me. I'm, like, getting chills how real it is. But I need to find, like, a five love theory or maybe a seven loves theory because, uh... <clears throat> I would love to be in love again, universe. Maybe not right now, but eventually I would love to be in love again. But it's also like I've always felt recently, anyways. <laughs> okay. I've felt recently like I've already met the person I'm going to be with. So if that's the case, then maybe the three loves theory does check out for me. But if that's also the case, then I'm going to need to start rekindling some relationships because uh, they're all uh, put to rest right now. So I don't know. It's weird, but it, I think it's... I don't know. Really cool. So I am currently editing this episode, but I just wanted to come on here and say that in light of recent realizations and some tea that's been spilt and blah, 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 I have now come to the conclusion that my third relationship is not my unconditional love. Although it looked and felt like it, it just wasn't. And I guess it was just like a little, a little practice run, a little something to prepare me for the the real deal, the real thing, which is comforting because I really was convinced there for a second that I had already had my three loves and that was it for me. But that's not it, I don't think. So excellent news, bad news that my relationship wasn't what we all thought it was or, you know, whatever. But good news, there's more to come for me. And that probably means there's more to come for you too. If you're listening to this and being like, holy shit, I have also been in love three times and this feels exactly like the three love theory and that means that I'm going to be alone forever. No, no, I don't think so. Okay, back to the episode. Okay, the last thing I'm going to talk about is hookup culture because somebody wanted me to discuss this, so I'm going to discuss it. If you're my family, you probably don't want to listen to this. I don't really know exactly where it's going to go, but I'm just going to preface by saying you should probably exit out. Hookup culture. I do not participate in hookup culture anymore. It's just not for me, I've realized, and I would rather, I don't know, I would rather be celibate and alone than like hooking up with random people. It doesn't, I think this is the case for most people, it doesn't fulfill me in any way, shape, or form, so I just find it useless. This is like a recent realization for me that I have no desire to be a part of hookup culture. I think that it's this realization is so recent because I've just recently let go of seeking male validation, I think. Or, you know, I'm in the process of it. I think, I don't know if it, it's something that I can really say is has happened overnight and I'm done with it. But I think for me, like I loved getting attention from people, from guys and, you know, using that any way I could. So then that led to me being, you know, a part of hookup culture. But now I'm like, 
so just not interested in it and I'm not interested in pressing in impressing people so it doesn't it doesn't happen for me anymore that's not to say though that people that participate in hookup culture are doing something wrong because I don't think that they are I don't know I'm a I'm a feelings girl as most of us girls are like I just, I like being emotionally involved before I'm physically involved, you know? I think that ultimately, like, although I don't look back and I'm like, God, I regret even, like, doing hookup culture in college, whatever. Like, no, I don't really regret it. I think I learned from it and whatever. But if I had the chance to, like, go back and do it differently, I probably would have because it just really didn't do anything for me except have, you know, cause some excitement for the night. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. It's just not, it's not worth it. And also, like, if we're being so real, it's not good. Like, (laughs) being in a relationship and, like, being intimate that way, I think that is just so, so much better than a random hookup on some fucking drunk weekend night, you know? In a relationship, you come to know your person and your partner so well, and, like, you can only get to know the other person so well in 30 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just can't be as good as when you're with the person long term so everybody's journey is different there are some like some of my friends though they they've strictly been in relationships and they have not they've never participated in hookup culture because they knew at a fairly young age i don't know as soon as they started you know being physical that hookup culture is not something that would interest them that being with essentially a random person intimately is like not for them and that's great if you are one of those people because you're probably right i don't know i don't have that much to say about hookup culture because i really do think that like if you want to do it or if you're in it participating in it whatever like who cares do you but just from my pov i'm i just it didn't do much for me i don't know i don't even want to like get into the it's empowering for women to participate in hookup culture because I simply don't view it like that. Like, I don't think it's that serious. Like, if you want to do it, then do it. And if you don't, then don't. Like, I don't think it's disempowering women by doing it. It's also like, we don't talk about it. If it, is it empowering men by participating in hookup culture? Why we don't, why don't we talk about that? Because it seems like a ridiculous notion. It's almost like, I don't know how to articulate this. The more we think about like whether or not hookup culture, like participating in hookup culture, whether or not it actually empowers women, I feel that that almost disempowers women. Like we're not talking about if men are empowered by hookup culture or, or if it disempowers them because it's just like, quote unquote, in a man's nature, to do that stuff like why can't it be in a woman's nature too and maybe somebody much smarter than me and more knowledgeable on this topic can like shut down my ideas and my thoughts about this but right now this is i'm just like if you feel empowered by doing that then do it but not doing it is just as good in my opinion in my experience better on a more real note though hookup culture can be dangerous and scary so please be smart and be safe about it i was at this bar last week and i was talking to this guy and our night was kind of coming to a close and we were trying to figure out what to do we wanted to keep seeing each other but i flat out said to him i was like just so you know i'm not sleeping with you tonight and there is a chance that he roofied me and it's like how do you not know but um he got me a drink and i only had like a couple sips of it and then the next morning I was throwing up profusely but that night I'd had one and a half drinks so it didn't really make any sense obviously throwing up is a symptom of being roofied whatever but my point is don't trust people like really truly don't trust people I have a really bad habit of trusting anybody and I was telling my mom about this how like you know I didn't bring him home for 
various reasons, whatever. And she was like, well, yeah, you didn't bring him home because he's a random stranger. And I didn't even think about it like that. Like the fact that he was really a random ass man that I had met that night. And that's the problem. Like if they're handsome, like they'll get you. They always get me. So be safe. But ultimately, like if you want to do it, more power to you, like do it. I don't think that anybody should, you know, worry about if it's, I don't know, making them less or more empowered. Just do it if you want. Anyway, you guys, that is the episode for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. I will talk to you tomorrow. Love you guys. No, no, I will not. I will talk to you next week. (laughs) Love you guys. Bye.